Hello, this is Michelle Weston with 360 Talk Radio for Women. I'm hosting my usual show, Wellness Learning Curves 2.0. And as I always have, I find really, really interesting women out there who are doing things that help those who are living and sometimes struggling with a chronic condition. Or you could be a loved one or a caregiver that is helping somebody get through the process of living with a chronic condition or conditions. And I come across some really interesting people. Now, Joyce Gerber, I met during an MS symposium online, because everything's been online now, for a webinar on advocating for MS, especially in the political landscape. And I didn't really connect with her until sort of the end. And we now have been trying to find a date, and we did, because she was trying to, you know, I'm sure she can explain better. If you feel out the audience that you are trying to help, it makes a difference. You know, you know who is looking for things, what questions they have, um, what their concerns are. And I think that's also what drew me to want to connect with Joyce. So Joyce Gerber is over here on the East Coast as well. Um, And Joyce, what would be the first question that somebody would ask you why you changed from law to having a website that is helping people in regards to medical marijuana cannabis? Thank you, Michelle. Thank you for having me here. Yeah, I'm out here in Cambridge, Massachusetts. I'm the creator and host of a podcast called The Canna Mom Show, where we're talking with women, primarily caregivers, who are um, part of this emerging industry, and we're sharing and preserving their stories of mostly healing and love and kindness, and it's very hopeful. So that's what I'm doing now. I kind of joke, I went in to make money. I found a community, and I was just on one of those trajectories. We had sort of talked earlier before I got on the show about Cheryl Sandberg, who just said to lean in. So I did, but I really think it was bad advice. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's fascinating what we end up doing. I think that, you know, we never have just, well, I think a lot of people don't have one career in their lifetimes. No, and, they don't. Right? And, yeah. you know, why you were attracted to this is what's interesting. And doing your uh, podcast, um, does it run every week? How How is your setup? Uh, so we're, um, we just launched season five. We do a show every week, a new release every Thursday. Um, Coming up, we just launched season five with Canadads. I talk about women mostly on the podcast, but I also talk specifically about caregivers and the importance of using cannabis in this world for caregiving to heal ourselves, to heal others. And I'll say kind of connected back to the MS story. Um, and again, I grew up in an era where I believe this was dangerous and killed brain cells. I So uh, did was, most of us, right? <laughs> I, I am the least likely to be considered a stoner ever, ever. My high school reunion was a while ago. Everyone was sort of shocked. I, you know, I describe myself as a privileged white lady who plays tennis and wears pearls. <laughs> <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> so I also have children. So I don't know if people know that here in America, children take time and effort and energy. And it's very hard to be a person who is a monetized work. When you also have children and you happen to have a vagina, it's just the truth of the era. And his, 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 still is no, the um, era of the decades of the centuries. I don't know. I think it's centuries. So it's forever. Anyway, so I did have children. I leaned in. I thought I could do everything at once. I realized I couldn't. And I dropped out of the world of monetized work. That's really the truth of it. My husband made more money and had better health insurance. And, <laughs> you know, 
it wasn't really a choice at some point, even though my mother kept saying it was a choice. I'm like, it didn't feel like a choice. Mm. Anyways, so every time I went back into the world of monetized work, I'm a lawyer by training. You know, there's like a nick against me. I hadn't stayed in. I hadn't done whatever, paid my dues, all these things. Anyways, it got to the point where um, I just, you know, I was just one of those women. I was an army of women. I'm 58 years old. I, you know, I'm a Gen Xer. Nobody knows we exist, but we do. <laughs> we all... <laughs> We all got our degrees. We all did all the things we we're supposed to be because we thought the feminist revolution had engaged in a way that we actually had equal rights and we don't really. We so, did, but not really. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so we exist. Anyway, so I got into cannabis out of uh, desperation, isolation and a lot of failure because mm. I was more concerned about my family and keeping that all together and me not. And I was a divorce attorney. I oh. never really wanted to get a family divorce. And oh, I just wow. really put my professional life was the lowest priority of anything. And then one okay. day I actually got fired from my law job. That's true. And I said, thank you. <laughs> sometimes, you know what? Sometimes it's a blessing, right? Yeah. So um, anyways, so sort of fast forward, uh, 2016, I was actually back in the world of monetized work doing some other kind of work, but I was back in the world. And my husband and I went to Colorado just for fun. That'd be fun. And uh, we did a private tour of the industry in Denver with a woman named Goldie. Okay. I call this my new Jewish cannabis connection. Everybody is Jewish. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of us are out there, right? Anyway, so Goldie took us on a private tour of the industry. We saw a grow facility. We saw a dispensary. She told us a little bit about the history, the things I didn't know. She said the word probably endocannabinoid to me. And I was like, wow, everything I know about cannabis is wrong. So <laughs> I never like literally planned on working on it. I call it my cannabis awakening. The joke is we came back to Massachusetts in 2016. My kids are teenagers and I'm like, kids everything I know about pot is wrong. And they were like, yes. Yay! <laughs> well, no, she was cool. Anyways, 2016, um, same year, Massachusetts drew the first state in the Commonwealth. We did a voter um, initiative and cannabis was um, retail approved for retail. And then at the end of that year, a contract I was working ended. This is the truth of it. And then in 2017, I just couldn't get a job. <laughs> I, like, I was spinning around Interesting, and feeling really right? bad and I kind of, I went to career therapy and she's like, Joyce, you couldn't have designed a job that was worse for you than divorce attorney. And I'm like, I know. Yeah. I sucked wow. at it and I hated it. I wonder I could, why you chose that. Did oh, you? It was a job I could get after. I have a long story. I was pregnant in law school. I didn't really plan this well. Anyone listening, anyone oh. younger than me, don't, don't get pregnant your third day of law school. It's not a great idea. Yeah. Because your brain <laughs> cells do weird things and you make weird decisions, obviously. <laughs> But I, I will say this is the thing I think. So my law career is nothing to speak of, but I can say I've done one thing no man has ever done. I finished law school, took the bar and passed the very first time. Wow. Also creating deal. a person inside of me, oh, proving wow. my brain and my uterus could work at the same time. Until Isn't that I, shocking? I had that I had that baby and it all went down the tubes. Um, oh, anyway, God. so 2017, I can see that law firms in Massachusetts are setting up cannabis law divisions. Okay. It's new law. That's what hmm. I thought I was going to do. And okay. I'm like, this is something I could do. This is a job I could do. But I didn't jump right in. I started learning about it. Like I really started to do like a deep dive, which I think most women I know do. We have to be prepared. Like, God forbid, we should jump in and not be prepared. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we like prepare. We like to. Yeah. Well, that's the that's the mom in us. That's the that's the that's the yeah, that's the woman in yeah. us. We always. Yeah, but, I, yeah. Mm -hmm. but a lot of the men will be like, they'll be at a bar going, hey, you want to get into cannabis? Yeah, that's a great idea. And then the next day they decide to jump in. But, sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but, they, they, but they do. They, they do that with a lot of things. They just yeah. make a decision and that's it. That's, anyway, so I took 10 months and I really learned about this plant. Like I heard the word endocannabinoid. I went to women grow events. I started hearing about the industry. I started understanding like the medical properties. I started hearing about the children's issues and the moms. And I was like, wow, this is like not just a bunch of dudes on their couch. This is like everything from criminal justice 
to cosmetics. Like this is a big industry. And I'm, I met a man who was starting a media company and I was hired to be his executive producer for his podcast. And I did that for a year. That's how I got into the cannabis and the podcasting. And then I started the Cannabis Mom Show in 2019. Okay. And I've been doing it ever since. Wow. Wow. <laughs> what have you found are questions that surprise you or that you expect? Um, I mean, I still think it's funny. Again, like a lot of my friends still think it's kind of dangerous or weird or don't really quite get it. And they'll whisper to me, Joyce, I took an edible last night. <laughs> and I'll be like, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> you know, um, I think people are like afraid of being high. This is like always an issue. I want relief. My friends are all in pain. No one can sleep. You know, we have anxiety for, you know, we all drink. Like I could literally have yelled across my office when the kids were little. Hey, I'm going to the liquor store before daycare. And everyone would have been like, yeah. <laughs> right. Wow. But if I said I was going to smoke a joint before daycare, I probably would have arrested myself because I was a family law attorney. So whatever this idea that being high and using cannabis is bad for you. I think that's the thing I'm trying to like acknowledge is a false narrative mm -hmm. by literally showing people who are not just they're healthy, like the women leaders in this industry, they are healthy and healed. They are evangelized. That is why they stay in this industry, which is really hard as a business, because they've healed themselves, healed someone they love, and they know that this plant can be can really do amazing things. It should be a tool in the toolbox. I do talk about it like it's, you know, does everything, which I know it doesn't really, but it has to be an option and it has to stop being the thing that women and everyone comes to as a last resort. Because almost all the stories I'm sharing are sort of pioneers in the industry who were so desperate and so many things happened. They came to cannabis as a last resort, like, and then they realized what it is and they want to spread the word that it should be an option for everybody to have access to this plant medicine in whatever format or in whatever um, options that, you know, different options to them to have. So that's sort of edibles and butt flowers and, and, yeah, and, 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 and especially for the medicinal, because this industry, there's a lot to talk about. The business part is a little bit screwy, but we can't lose. I, we can't lose fact that this is really a health and wellness. Yes. I think that's how I think of this across the board. And we have to keep that in mind because even in the medical states, you can see some of the medical programs are just diminishing and people act, you know, patients aren't able to get access to some of the products they had before because they're not retail. So, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on, but this should be a medical product. Like in Germany, they rolled it out first as medical. They got the doctors on board, which was like nice for me to hear that you have some doctors who are on board on this. Doctors and nurses and medical professionals. Like, I don't know anything about the human body. I went to law school. Like, and your butt tender should not be giving you medical advice. So the doctors and nurses no, need to come they into shouldn't. this. I industry, mean, they're helpful. Which is, yeah, they're helpful when you go into a good uh, medical cannabis place. I use MedMen, which is across yeah. the country, but started out in California. And they are the pharmacists there are the people that I speak to. And yeah. they will, you know, we'll talk about what a dosage is. And, you know, that, those I mean, are important that, things. That's good to hear that. Uh, like, yeah. Again, I, this no, is they are. And I, I'm glad. I'm very fortunate. Oh, yeah. I mean, have a pharmacist. You, yeah. Right. And to have right. the, again, that's a big thing. Like my mother was old, older. Mm -hmm. She never really believed me. She really thought I was like in a drug cartel. She just couldn't understand that this is something that could be good for her. But her biggest concern was always medical, you know, interactions with her other pharmaceuticals. And I had sure. some friends out here who are can cannabis nurses, cannabis specialists. So wow. she talked to them and that helped her understand some of the things because they could explain it to her in a medical way and not just. I just, I can't explain it that way. So, you know, again, we need medical professionals working with patients because, you know, you know, no one should have to figure out their own medicine. And, and especially with the children, some of the stories I hear from the parents of the children who are using this early on, like yeah. the way they were dosing their children <laughs> was like, they would create whatever they were going to give their child. 
because I had no medical help with it. They would take a portion of it, see how they felt and give their child a smaller portion of it. Just that was how they were dosing their children because there was no medical assistance. And that's not how medicine should be. And we talked about this in MS. So that's why it's important to have this really open conversation about how people are using it, patients specifically. That way doctors can see that it's being used and it's helpful and they can get some medical knowledge out there that's useful to other people. I agree. And I think that, you know, I've had doctors who don't believe in medical cannabis. Um, I really was always seeking it more for helping me sleep because a lot of us with MS, a lot of people, you know, RA, oncology, there's a lot of areas that are affected um, sleep-wise. And it's so important when you have a chronic condition to get that eight or nine hours of sleep. You really need that. The, bo- the body needs to go into full rest. Mm-hmm. The brain, especially with those of us with neurological conditions, needs to go into full rest, even ALS, even Parkinson's, any of those. Mm-hmm. And it helped me. Um, it's also interesting when you learn about it from the pharmacist at the cannabis medical uh, store. That's really, I mean, I watch people when I'm there walk in who just think it's now in New York that they can just come into any place. It's like, no, no, this is just medical cannabis. They're just doing medical cannabis. And I found it interesting. Even my doctor said, I'm not the best to figure out dosage. Talk to the pharmacist at the place that you choose to get your medical cannabis from. And the other thing we had a conversation about, which a lot of people get nervous about, and I'm going to mention it, I pretty much take my indica in um, pincture form. Mm-hmm. So it's an oil that you put under your tongue and you leave it there for, it's good to leave it there for two or three minutes. Just yeah. hang out. It's not the time to talk. Just let it hang out underneath your tongue. And that made a difference for me. When you read the studies on it, do you go into a deep sleep that's like eight or nine hours? No, they're normally saying about six, you know, six to seven, maybe five to seven hours of, of deeper does, sleep. Does it help? It keeps it keeps you down, like it keeps you asleep. That's right. Correct. That's it it yeah. helps just keep me more down so that if my brain goes on, you know, a visit to other places and then stress enters and then I'm up, you know what I mean? I think it helps shut that down. Yeah. But I, that's why I use Indica. I don't use, what's the other? Um, Sativa. Sativa. Although, although I just, I like, I want to, I want to put out there. So that is also kind of old terminology. Uh, indica and Sativas oh, are really just. So what do they use now? Uh, so if you really want, the Indica and Sativa is really the, the height of the plant. Like Indica is kind of shorter and Sativas are taller. It's even oh, the hemp interesting. Like, I didn't even all, know that. The hemp, everything is the same. So when we talk about cannabis, you know, I'm talking about hemp. I'm talking about all these other, you know, if you talk about a sativa plant or an indica plant, it's the same plant. And what okay. really makes them unique and different, it really is what's making it as a medicinal product are the cannabinoids, which we've talked about, like THC, CBD, right. CBN. And the, and the balance of those, because you can the balance. sometimes 50-50, sometimes it's 70-30. And, and, and you have terpenes, which are really important, in yes. these, especially for medicinal, um, you know, inflammation issues. Or if you, yep. And then when you're talking, Talking about if it's going to be a sativa, which is what people talk about if they want to be more uplifting, mm-hmm. it's really about some of the terpenes. Like limonene is lemon, so it makes things more like that. Or pinene is like think of you're in the um, woods and you smell pine. That's when they yeah. talk about pinene. Okay. But if you're talking about something that's going to make you sleepier, linalool is another terpene. Think of you know lavender or wow. even um, myrcene. Myrcene's in a lot of them, but some of these like mango myrcene. So you kind of like think of you know cannabis is a plant. Uh, you have to almost think of it like a wine. You know, it's not just like the one plant. It's also where it's grown. It's the soil, all of it. And we do a lot of medical products now where we're isolating 
Okay. Parts of the plant, that's when we talk about when we isolate THC or we isolate the CBD or we isolate the CBN and then we're reformulating it back into like the tinctures oftentimes. Sometimes they're whole plants, sometimes they're not whole plants. So, you know, it, it's how you use the plant is really important and how you are going to feel. I mean, that's, and the sativa and indica is just sort of a easy way to talk about into the couch or sativa is uplifting, but really they're so, it's a plant. You have to think of it really like, um, like a food or a, or a fine wine. Okay. I get it. I mean, it's, it is, it's very interesting how all of this works, you know, and sativa. Yes. Do I use sativa? Yeah. If I'm having uh, trouble in regards to, I'm also ADHD. So there are times. I mean, that's exactly what I use it for. There's a a product called 1906. I don't know if it's in New York yet. They're actually pills. They're little pills. So he was using them to help during the day instead of taking his ADHD, you know, kind of like cutting his Adderall or taking Ritalin or the rest of it would help. It would help him again. When I, when, when I, first got into this industry, I was nervous. I don't even know. I'm just like, I know what the endocannabinoid system is now. I don't really know how an aspirin works in my body, but I do understand how our receptors are used for cannabis. Like I understand that now. Right. But when I first got into this, I talked to my doctor because it made me, I don't know, I didn't know what I was doing. And he said he was very open about it. Like he wasn't prescribing it, but he's like, Joyce, it helps get rid of the things that are going on around your head and help you focus in on what needs to be done. Yeah. And I was like, okay. Yeah, it really does. It really does. Now, do some make you, I mean, when you talk to the people who are in the stores, um, they normally have a very good, but remember, this is, I still think that this is very individual. They will tell you if you say, okay, tell me about Blue Dream. And then they'll give me their their description of how it feels for them. Right. Okay. Or they may say, I've heard that other people feel this way. Right. It's always important to keep that in mind that you're hearing how it will affect another person. You know, that's a good point. It, and, right? and keep a journal. And again, so I very really good idea. Say, keep a journal because like because pineapple it, haze, certain pineapple haze from certain companies, not useful. Just yeah. So, so again, like if, if you, you, could, you could look deeper into that. I don't know what, how things are labeled out there, but usually they're they're labeled by the cannabinoids. Some yep. of the new, some of the products are now being labeled by their terpene content. No, so I haven't a, seen that. That would be great. Yeah. So, and even like beverages, I don't know how far you are into the industry, but they're no, now, I haven't done now, beverages. Now there are beverages, which I think I talk a lot about bringing women into this industry. Women my age and older who literally know the least, need it the most, and wanted to have access. And we don't smoke for the most part. My friends are all like no smoking, but. Yeah. That's just not good for the lungs. If you don't have to do it, my my neurologist feels like I'd rather have you do terpenes or, you know, but beverages, beverages, beverages are very, beverages are very accessible now. So like, and there are limits, five milligrams on these beverages and they are sodas and sometimes cola flavored. And some of them are trying to be, you know, taste a little bit like alcohol, which I don't really want to drink alcohol anymore. So I don't want my beverage to taste like alcohol, but you know, but they're using some of these are now using the whole plant. They're, you know, putting this THC in it. Maybe they're putting some CBG, which is supposed to be uplifting. So So talk about CBG and THC. Explain to people uh, when you, when you talk about on your show. Uh, so uh, the, the plant, the cannabis plant is, again, I talk about, it is full of cannabinoids, which are the molecules basically are in the plant. So THC is the one we all talk about, but there's so many more. Uh, we talk a lot about CBD. That's the, So the THC is the one that's psychoactive. That's what we talk about a lot. And psychoactive literally just means it changes your mood and behavior like sugar okay. or caffeine or anything. And sometimes your behavior needs to be changed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes it does. <laughs> Anyways, uh, CBD is very good for inflammation and pain. That's why you see it a lot in like creams, and you can that's you can actually sell 
quality CBD products can actually be sold in the open market. There's a whole nother issue about that. But CBD, you'll see those out in the market. And now they're finding new, they're doing more research and some of the other cannabinoids they're focused on are CBN, which are being put into a lot of these sleep products. So you'll have THC, like four, five milligrams of THC and okay. five milligrams of CBN. The CBN, is a, I think it's an older, it's like an aged version, but it's supposed to, it's one of those, it's, a, it's whatever it does when it connects to the receptor. That's okay. what's happening to keep you into the deeper sleep, like keeping. Oh, you interesting. So, so people should look for CBN, CBN as opposed to CBD if you're using like an indica to sleep better. Yeah. It, and you'll see this in products like more like, so if you're getting like a gummy or if you're getting like a tincture, or if you're getting like even they have candies now. It's yes. like a lot of candy products, but I wish they weren't so candy. I don't want, I don't want yeah. candy. I just, I just <laughs> want it in a tincture. I yeah. want it like straight up, but, but that's there are just teas. me. That's there me. are teas and there, there's all sorts of other things out there where they're trying to, so if you're looking at products and they say CBN, those are really products that are being used for sleep. Um, CBG is one they talk about, maybe more uplifting, um, give you more energy. I don't, I can't explain how that one works, but that is what they talk about. And then there's just, I'm sure there's dozens and dozens more that I don't understand or they haven't discovered yet. And then you have your terpenes which are just like, think about food. Mm-hmm. I did this really great class the other day here at the Cambridge Culinary Arts. Um, uh, it was a-, a On cooking, cooking with cooking with cannabis? It, it was called, it, no, I'm, no, it was, it, was, it, was, it was actually, it was called terpenes, honey, and cheese. So wow, she really to, specific. But she was trying to explain how, so if you see a terpene, it's a wheel. Okay. So it's like limonene, myrcene, piney, whatever the, there's like six of them, whatever. And then she okay. overlaid it with another circle and had like cooking flavors, like- ginger or pepper or and she overlaid those on the terpene right and then she had us taste cheeses and tried to figure out how they connected to that map wow and then taste honeys and connected to the map and then she took a like a drop of a terpene and we tried that too so it was like how do you how do they it's just like these are these are things from nature they're just smells and tastes that you have anyways but they're also in the cannabis plant i love that i really do i've seen classes that i'm interested in is um cooking with cannabis, you know, because mm-hmm. I watch, a, I'm, a, I'm a food channel and <clears throat> top chef crazy woman. And them talking about working with that in the kitchen and how mm-hmm. you have to do low heat and all these things <clears throat> is fascinating to me oh, yeah. because it makes sense. And I find it interesting that chefs want to expand instead of just ginger and pepper and, and salt and things like that, that we've been talking about as, as you know, flavors added yep. to a food. I. I'm really intrigued by it, but I think or even, that- even, even infused food. So I just celebrated Rosh Hashanah. Right. Jewish New Year. And, and we got um, one more. I've got Yum Kippur next okay. week. We do. Uh, so there's a woman uh, out here in Massachusetts. She does um, infused food delivery service. So she, wow. it's, like a, it's like a prep meal. And then she includes a vial of oil okay. that's infused, which you can add or not add to like the food that you put together. So Love she it. does. She did a hunt. Uh, she did a Rosh Hashanah meal, which she delivered to our house and she had the chicken soup and the. <laughs> Uh, you know, it was savory. You weren't eating right. It was chicken Absolutely. Soup. It was the, um, the, uh, any, uh, brisket, any, any brisket. brisket? And, okay. Yeah, bris- brisket, the gravy. So you can add the oil to any of these things and then okay. either have infused or just have a delicious food. And that's like another way to enjoy, um, cannabis. In your yeah. Diet. And you see, have you seen on TikTok, they're having parties where people, are having cannabis in their foods and it'll be a group of friends and what is that like so it's it's different than what you and i would associate being gen xers you know before and that's what i love about being able to talk about this but regards to pain you know with people who have 
rheumatoid arthritis, you know, the pain, it, you know, because you never can, people with fibromyalgia, such severe pain. And if you could lessen that without having yeah. to take oxycodone, without having to take, you know, flexoral, without having to take these medications that are more serious medications, God, I would choose that any day. But that's learning, you know, and I'm glad. So every Thursday you have this um Okay. And we talk about we, yeah, podcast. We, and we talk with women also, you know, not all sorts of women, business women, healthcare professionals, mm-hmm. policymakers, business owners, all, all sorts of people. And, you know, in terms of like pain management, uh, again, I get products are sent to me. I talk to a lot of people. I buy a lot of things, but there are so many new options out there. Like I have a, there's a company called Element Apothic. She's out of um, Colorado. But okay. she makes these patches. They're called their CBD pain relief patches. They look like little band-aids. Um, I, <clears throat> I, I, I found that I put it on my neck. I played tennis. And I was having some pain and it was actually helping. I think it, it helped reduce some of the inflammation. I think that's how it works. But those are really great products. Those are things that are out there. Um, some of the better CBD products out there are really amazing for pain. There's a company here in Massachusetts called The Healing Rose. <clears throat> okay. Me, the Healing Rose. And um, she makes this... It's a it's a salve and it has I think it's twelve hundred milligrams of CBD in it, but there's other things in it too. And um, I when I have real pain and I put it on my knees, my back, it actually helps. So there there are a lot of great products out there, but you know you're going to go into your gas station or your CVS and you're going to see a lot of the products that aren't no. so good. No, and I don't I, buy those. Please don't I, buy those, you guys. Please yeah, don't like, buy them. Please, yeah. please, please. It's such a waste of your money. It's it not a CVS moment. It's not a GNC moment. You know what? So many states, when we didn't in New York have um, cannabis here for a while, when my husband and I used to go up to, um, we'd go through to get to Maryland, where I got my uh, health and wellness master's. And um, we would stop on the way uh, there or back in Massachusetts. And so you would go into a place, but then you could ask questions. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Until I was approved, which you have to have yearly approved. And that has now changed. We used to have to have a card, which I still have. Now it's just going to be a barcode that is in your phone and you just use the barcode. Oh, that's it's, so smart. Massachusetts, right? like we are, actually, I think they actually make it, they make it hard intentionally. The No, no, they do. Are. Here they make it hard and they're, they, I think they make it hard everywhere, but they changed it from the card to um, a barcode that just gets uh, renewed. But, you know, um, that's what you do, you know? And yeah. so, but it's in the files of wherever yeah. you're going yeah. for medical care. I still have a tendency to pull it out. You know, it just, yeah, yeah. It just changed this past year. Well, because I mean, when, when, like we've had um, adult use retail, whatever people call it for, you know, quite a while. So the medical dispensaries are sort of disappearing and some of them do have like half and half, mm-hmm. um, which is what yes. it was like in Colorado. When I went to Colorado for my cannabis, <laughs> Me too. It, it was half and half. But when I visited my mom, we went there because she had pain from having her ankles broken yeah. from and you know, a, a, a terrible fall. And, um, she had myasthenia gravis and that would help her. And yep. I introduced her to that's great cannabis. No, I really did. And, you know, she was very funny because she just kept saying, what am I supposed to feel? We're laying on our beds in the hotel room. And she's just like, how do I, and she kept talking and talking and talking. And I was just like, mom, you are high. Yeah, like you're really high. She goes, no, I'm not. I said, yeah, you are. I said, do you feel, feel? Good? Do, you, do you feel good? Do you feel happy? I said, do you feel relaxed? She goes, yeah, I guess so. I said, well, that's, it's not like a, a bells go off. It's not like some big, like, you know, fireworks. It's not fireworks, mom. It's just normally subtle. 
that you'll feel this change where you sort of just, ah, you just feel like you sigh, you know, and that's how I use it, you know, and or, so, or I, I tell my friends, it's just, you just don't feel shitty. Like we just got yes. so used to feeling shitty all yeah. the time. We thought that's how we felt. And then you don't feel shitty. And you're like, what is this feeling? <laughs> right. My, my lower back doesn't hurt anymore. Yeah. Or are you playing tennis? I don't have tennis elbow anymore. Don't tennis anymore. Or yeah. I'm not, I'm not so pissed off at my kids. Uh, you know, exactly. What, and I do say we survived, we survived the pandemic. I mean, yep. I did not know it was going to be essential here in Massachusetts. And Ugh. I was running around like a crazy person buying all sorts of like salves and tinctures and different things. Cause I didn't know what I would need. Okay. I had no toilet paper, but wow. we had all sorts of cannabis products and my kids are in college. And they came home and there's a lot of drama. And uh, they're like, mom, there's no liquor in this house. I'm like, I know, but we got cannabis everywhere. <laughs> we're going to be you fine. You are so funny. <laughs> you are so funny. But I and love, Joyce, that you we really learned that. that. We, were, we were nicer to each other. We talked right? to each other. We were kind to each other. We were like relaxed with each other because growing up, we had a, very, you know, I, there were kids and I was the mom. There's a lot of drama. <laughs> Listen, I think everybody has that. They, we all have whatever our families are. Everybody has different situations. I think we all come from color. You know, most of, I hardly know anybody who's really like, you know, uh, you know, I always I always say to my husband or my friends, what the hell is with the stories about moms and their daughters who are best friends? Thank you, Joyce. Thank you. She's shaking her head. No, because she and I don't know. Is it a Jewish thing? Well, I have Jewish friends who were really close to their moms and I'm just like, no, I'm close to my mom as my mom. I mean, she was my mom and I wouldn't is, want her okay, not to be the my thing mom, about the mom, right? Yeah. There are very few people in your life who really give a shit about you. Like truly people, children listening out there. And your mother is one of those people. If yep. you are lucky and we are not your friends, we give no, a shit and we will be parents. there. We will be there at any moment when you need us. We will run around and do whatever you need us to do. But you have friends for those are, you I know. other people. I totally <laughs> I think I think it's important. And I think that but what's interesting though is you're saying those three years, two and a half years that you were all together on a lockdown, the cannabis just made that edge that one feels, you know, with anxiety, with pain, with stress, with lack of sleep just enough to make everybody a little more amenable, a little more calm around each other and not, yeah. And not reactive. I think not that that's reactive. also and, uh, again, it's just that I, uh, my husband, it's kind of a joke. I don't really drink anymore. That's pretty much true. But you know, we sit on the porch at night. I have a whole porch that's set up like a um, cannabis bar. If you're, ever, <laughs> if you're ever in Massachusetts, come check it out. And I've, I make it pretty. I, I love like, it. I like my mom's crystal um, ashtrays from the sixties and when they all used to smoke and I oh, have God. some really pretty things out there. And, um, we smoke and consume whatever we want to, and we talk to each other. Yeah, we've been married thirty-three and you talk to years each other tomorrow. Genuinely, how many yeah, years? Thirty-three years tomorrow, or thirty-two wow. years? Or a long time. We've been married a very long time. Congratulations! <laughs> I just, I'm just two and a half years, so <laughs> oh, muzzle tough. Anyways, we're still together. I can see how easy marriages fall apart. I saw that in my, you know, in my professional life, and you know, it's a, it helps. And even like I talk about it as a mom. So when I, kids were little, I did not use cannabis. I was a drinker. I was, you know, because. We were allowed to be wine moms and I wasn't that patient and I did get everything done. My kids are fine. They're great. They're graduated from college. They have lives. They're good. But I would never enjoyed it. I was very stressed out all the time. And now I know if I had consumed cannabis, I could have stopped, mm. which is the one thing your kids want you to do. Your kids just want you to stop and pay attention to them for a little bit and then they would go away. But I was always running around because I was just leaning in and doing everything at once because that's what I thought we were supposed to be doing. And so I feel a little sad that I didn't use it, but I'll be a funner grandma. <laughs> you know what? We live and learn, right? We live and learn. You know, it's interesting because my yeah. my husband uses it for anxiety or or focusing when he has, you know, he's a writer and that's what 
Oh, yeah. You know, what helps him is to focus. And, you know, there's not this big shift of, you know, people always think, yeah, man, I'm really high. That doesn't go on in, in our household. It just doesn't. That's not what we're doing. You know, um, sometimes people do do it for that reason, recreationally. Sure. I mean, absolutely. But I think, you know, sometimes you just want to be in that state where everything is more copacetic. Homeostasis. We want to be balanced. You know, yeah. that's kind of the, you know, I, I am a spiritual person. I'm a practicing Jew. I think we all need something. We all need a good story. Yep. Kind of, and no and, matter what it is, I'm married to, to a Buddhist and yeah. it, it doesn't yeah. matter. However yeah. you get there and it, whether it's through theology, wherever, whatever it is, you know, I put it in a big picture. That is that there's something bigger than us. That's all. There's yeah. something. And whatever and, that means to you, go there. And so you know? and to, oftentimes to get there, it's easier to, you need to, you need to be present. Yes. And that's the whole thing about focus. When you're focused on one thing, you can be present. And we're such a distracted society and there's so much stuff going Especially on. Especially in America. It's very hard. So it's just, again, it's a tool. I do talk about it like it's like a magic potion, but it's just, it's a tool that we all should have access to if we need it because we have access to all sorts of other things. And there's no narrative about that, that it's so dangerous that you have to go to jail forever. And the truth is this narrative is false. Like we live in the anomaly in history for a hundred years, for whatever reason, <coughs> we, there's a lot of reasons, but there's, this plant has been so criminalized and so demonized that lots of people have been put in jail and lives have been ruined over a plant. And now we're in a position in this society where we could flip it. And that's sort of the power of these stories of the women, because this industry could look like every other industry in America. It is the money thing. But the women I'm talking to are so passionate and they are healed. I keep saying this. They are healed people who want to be leaders in this industry and talk about this in a really grown up way and create policies that uses this plant as a tool and not as a weapon. That's what we've Absolutely. been doing for so long. I agree. As a weapon. So yeah. uh, these, again, even back to religion, stories are powerful. We all believe these stories and it kind of, we have to come to it on our own. I think that's why the stories Absolutely. of healing are so powerful because my friend says, ideas are like children. We all like our own the best. <laughs> so you have to come to this on your own. I think that's why the story of healings are so powerful because you mm. either it's you, there's a you know, cognitive dissonance, this horrible story and you feel better and you go with the better story or someone sees someone they love who's healed with this, they can really see it in them. And they can kind of open up that space, you know, cognitive dissonance against that maybe the thing that they know is wrong and maybe this positive thing is right. It's, it, it, I don't understand it really, but I think that's how it works psychologically. So that's why the sharing the stories is really powerful and being open. Like part of the power of the narrative was that everyone was hiding, but apparently everybody was on the pot, as my dad would say. <laughs> it just... You know, because once I started talking about this and I was not really a cannabis user, I was like a stoner by any length of imagination. Everybody had a story for me. People would tell me their stories. They would tell me like how whatever it was. So people were hiding and now people aren't hiding anymore. And that's how we're going to change how this is talked about. It's how you change behavior. Yes. Agreed. And we have to change behavior around this, especially for people, women who are in pain, who need who need some relief. And this is a wonderful way to get that relief without, you know, needing stronger drugs. And I think that that's really important about um, what medical cannabis can do, especially for those with chronic conditions. Yes, under chronic conditions, does mental health fall? Sure. You just said to your husband, I'm ADHD since I'm seven. Did it get worse with MS? Yes, it did. It went back to some things that, you know, I didn't know with cognition. Suddenly it takes me longer to learn something, but once I've learned it, 
it's in, but it takes longer. Like I couldn't do for my master's seven week courses. I needed to do a 14 week class because I needed the time to mull it through and let it, (laughs) excuse me, and let it process. Even today, I have a lot of aha moments. You know, I graduated in 2020 and I still have aha moments. I go, oh, that's what that was for, for the, you know, and it's interesting to see. You're you're saving it. You had it before, you're going through it. You're really like, you you own it. You own it and you have to, and you have to look at it. And I hear myself, I'm part of a group called the Institute of Coaching, which is an affiliate of uh, Harvard through the medical school. And what's interesting about it is I came to it after I graduated and it's really just a chance to meet with other people who are coaches, not all uh, health and wellness coaches, executive coaches, life coaches, blah, blah, blah. But what's interesting about it is that you learn so much. It's like having your... Um, PhD, because you're learning from people who are ahead of you. That's Mm -hmm. the opportunity with our conversation right now. And other people who are interested in more information can go to Cannabis Mom Show on Thursdays, and we'll give it at the end again. We're we're everywhere. We brought them for five seasons. We got hundreds of episodes. You can catch up. (laughs) I love, but I love that you have that because people have questions. And I think this is a really good chance, as your husband say, is to fall down the rabbit hole. So if you're really interested, go to her website and you can listen to policy conversations. You can listen to mom conversations, caregiver conversations, because if you're wondering and if you're really hesitant, but you're in a state that lets you purchase cannabis, whether it's medical or not, because some states haven't gotten there yet, um, look at it and see if it's something that you may consider that you haven't considered yet. And if it's interesting to you, you should explore it. You know, Joyce has been exploring it and will continue to explore it and bring us more information with. Can I, can I give a little plug for a sure. book? Please. Uh, please. So I am, this is a, it's called Courage and Cannabis. It's created okay. by Dr. Bridget Williams. She's out in Ohio. This is okay. volume two. I was actually featured Courage in volume and- one. Okay. Uh, volume two came out this Bridget Cole Williams. Okay. Yeah. A couple of months ago, I guess it came out. It's now a number one Amazon bestseller. I've been interviewing a bunch of the authors from here because they're so interesting. So if you're a person who, you know, again, you might not relate to me and I tell the okay. white lady from the East Coast, but there are many Whatever. people in this. <laughs> we exist. There are many people in this book. There are so many stories of people who have used this plant medicine in their lives in ways that you might not have expected. There are stories. Of, um, again, I mean, a lot of these women I've been talking to, even the men too, a lot of them were very sick. I mean, very sick, like to the yes. point where they were going to die. And this was their last resort, their last resort. Because they- you want to have a good death. And if we can give that through medical cannabis to let people not be in pain, to let things yes. be easier in that last stages of life. Yeah. I don't, but I I'm don't not talking well, about that. I'm yeah. talking about people who like were about to die and use cannabis and got better. So again, wow. Oh, yeah, I have there, to get this book. There are stories in this book that are just amazing, which is kind of wow. how it got started. So Dr. Bridget Williams is out in Ohio. She was okay. seeing all these patients who are using cannabis for different things. And she couldn't, doctors are in a very tough spot and yes. she couldn't really help them in a lot of ways, but she thought these stories need to be shared and she was going to share them herself. Okay. And then last year she organized a bunch of us. This is the first volume. I was in volume two, one. I she love organized it. like 16 stories in that and she got us to, and we did some national press and we did some things to talk about Beautiful. our stories across the country. And she knows they're not her stories to tell, but she wants these stories told. So she travels all over the place. She's always going to conferences and promoting. And especially though she's a black woman, she's a doctor. She's got a lot of things that are society is like, hmm, 
but yeah. she's out there questionable she, questionable but she's out there and she's advocating for her community because you know again black and brown people in this country have been penalized oh, the most please, for using this please. plant medicine and now there's an opportunity for these communities to be healed and they can you know create something positive using this plant so we're hoping to advocate for better policies and to talk to people across the country so that's part of the book upside down oh. <laughs> Yeah, used to I'm a podcaster. I don't. I love it. <laughs> I, me too. Me too. But I saw. I was like, oh, that's so funny. But so, what have you found the most interesting in regards to reactions that you've gotten from your audience, of uh, podcast listeners, in regards to some things that you could share in regards to chronic condition people, or you know, as caregivers or as patients? I mean, there's or is uh, there MDs? I mean, honestly, there, I mean. I, I talk to so many people, but you know, a, a kind of a consistent theme I talk about is caregivers. So again, being a caregiver, having this an option to help your care, the person you're caring for, or using it as something for yourself, specifically for like moms. Like I had a, uh, a woman in Canada. She has, I forget what the hyper, when you can't stop throwing up when you're pregnant. Like, oh, wow. And, and they give you the, all those medicines to make you stop throwing up. Right, and she right. was not a cannabis user at all, but she figured out which is cannabis is very good for nausea yep. that she didn't have to be taking all those powerful yeah, medicines. All that Zofran, all that Zofran she was taking. Yeah, she, could, she could be using cannabis and it reduced her nausea and it worked for her. And she did more, you know, it was a long story, but you know, her daughter is perfectly fine, better than fine. And she was fine. And now she's out there advocating to talk about this because again, women shouldn't have to suffer. Mm. And there is an option. And we do enough so, of that, by the way. So yeah. we don't have to we're, suffer. We're about always, this. We always do everything sort of based on the best interest of the children. We're always talking about the children. But we never talk about really caring for the children. So if you care for the caregiver, you're caring for the children. So those are the things that those are the stories I hear over and over again, especially from moms like who for a long time were probably hiding. They're used because they're embarrassed or there's a lot of shame where they don't even know where the shame comes from. And consuming your cannabis like in the outside in the back and like trying to spray yourself and pretend like you're not using it is not optimal. Like the whole point of like consuming your cannabis should be sort of like a ritual. This yeah. is like a spirit. You should thank it. You should be engaged with it and you should like expect, like make an expectation of how you want to use it. So getting rid of that shame and just consuming it with your children around and knowing that this is mommy's medicine. Those are really powerful stories. And that's changing the next generation because they see it. They don't think it's something weird or to be shamed about. I like that you said it that way, changing mommy's medicine. And that is what we're doing. We're shifting it to something else that is many times more helpful than a pill or a shot. And so that is very valuable. Mm -hmm. You know, women are good at, at, at suffering through pain. We are. Mm -hmm. I mean, if men had to have children, there'd be no people. So we know that. I mean, you know, we do. We suffer through things more. We have more patience or more tolerance for pain. But then there's that other part of tolerance for pain. How much tolerance do you have to put up with? You know, I mean, how much tolerance do you have to put up with? You don't, you so, don't, again, like I said before, you don't have to feel shitty. I thought no. that was just the way I felt. I thought that's who I was, but I wasn't. <laughs> no. And why, why should you have to do that? And to be able have there have you spoken to any policy makers who also are in states that are um, rallying around it that do not have medical cannabis in their state? Uh, not medical. So um, or cannabis I know, as I, know a I know in Ohio, like again, back to Dr. Williams, she has a lot of people from Ohio there. I have a ballot measure. I think this I think it's coming up this um this year, this year for adult for adult use. Okay. Um, I talked to. I have a lot of friends in Texas, which is really an interesting state to be in. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well. Well, yeah. Again, I, again, whatever, whatever it is that you do in this world, we need we need smart people talking to politicians because politicians are mirrors. 
That's literally what they are. I just say they're followers. They're not even that. They're literally mirrors. <laughs> if, okay. If, if all the only people they're hearing from in the industry are the money people, that's how okay. the policy is going to be revolved. But if you are in the healthcare, if you are a medical patient, if you are a pediatric medical person or connected to somebody, they need to hear from you because otherwise mm-hmm. you can be demonized and you're not going to be included in how the policies are moving forward. There's a really great um, group of women out here in Massachusetts. They have an um, organization called the Parabola Center and they are doing federal policy work on cannabis policy. You know, now we're coming up with the rescheduling to schedule three and there's a lot of issues with that. But this this plant can do so much. We could literally take our entire economy. We haven't even talked about hemp. From oh, carbon yeah. to cannabis. I, I mean, there's so many things that we could be using this plant for and it's been demonized and the stories are just not real. And I, I don't know how you change people's minds. I just don't know how you do this, except for with these stories of healing, because people can see it. And conservative evangelicals can see the benefit of healing. It is no longer the devil's lettuce in some communities. And, you know, the hippiest, you know, psychedelic using person is using this too. So I think it's like the Venn diagram. Everybody can see a benefit in it. Like, <laughs> But the policies are still lagging and there are still a lot of, you know, weird stigmas around it. And it's just, um, we need more medical people who are kind of invested in this and really advocating and talking about it in a way that makes people who believe in traditional medicine comfortable with it because okay, that is where we live. Yeah. Yeah. And integrative medicine is important. I mean, look, think what's helped me as I've, you know, pointed out and had people talk about is things that are integrated that are complementary, like acupuncture, um, things like that, that really help, you know, does Reiki help some people? Yes. Do I use Reiki? No, because I don't, I don't like Reiki. It doesn't do anything yeah. for me, but yeah. I, I choose the things that help me. And with medical cannabis, it was much better. I never wanted to be on Ambien. Um, I took it probably for a month and then it did exactly what it's labeled, you know, you end up in the kitchen. And so since I've lost 140 pounds, that's the last place I want a medication to lead me to in the middle of the night. Like I'm not even hungry. And now I'm really not hungry because I've had bariatric surgery and I'm in the kitchen or (laughs) ambient. No, 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 no. So this is a way to do that more naturally from a plant and be able to get more rest. And at times when I need to focus, you know, it, it, it helps a lot. I mean, and again, it's not, it's, this is not magic voodoo. This is science. We literally have an endocannabinoid system that has receptors for this plant. The pharmaceutical companies, especially out here in Massachusetts, they are dying for this to go federal because they want to start making medications that work with the endocannabinoid Wouldn't system. Wouldn't that be nice? Like that patch uh, that you're talking about, that interesting yeah. uh, anyway, healing rose. Well, the salve. The salve, the salve is the healing rose. They make Element great products. They do, they do vaginal suppositories. They do all sorts of things. Wow. Those are, those are actually great for healing. Uh, vaginal suppository after after pregnancy just for anything it's for pain it's like another delivery system so you can have Ooh, so people who have like bad periods and stuff like that yeah or or if you're having like back i mean you can use it really because it's just a delivery system think about the tincture okay. how it's like entering your system right you can enter in many different ways and the suppositories and even for like menopausal women you know mm. um even like uh Vaginal dryness. I mean, like there's so many things. But that's great to hear. Yeah. I mean, so, for vaginal dryness, that's yeah. it, it is. That's an issue. You but know, anyways, but there, there, are, there, are, there are all sorts of different ways to utilize this into your um, daily routine to make you feel okay. And so, yeah, there's a lot of different ways medicinally. I think of it like a supplement. Like we have an endocannabinoid system. I believe that we probably, some of us just aren't producing enough cannabinoids. I mean, it's okay. endocannabinoid because we produce our own cannabinoids. Okay. We don't seem to be producing our own cannabinoids, which may be um, impacting our health in ways that we don't quite know yet because we haven't studied it clearly, but it is a science. This isn't magic voodoo. And 
if you have a supplement, like if you had a vitamin D or a vitamin C deficiency, you take a supplement and you are, exactly. you're rebalanced. That's really how I think about it. And then when people talk about being high, I, my friend who's a nurse reframed it. She's like happy, insightful, grateful, hopeful. Is that how you're feeling? That's good. <laughs> I like that. Happy, insightful, grateful. And that's great. But again, like everyone thinks they're going to jump off a roof or feel crazy. It just, you know, you just, we, we walk around life with a lot of pain and stress and anxiety that we just think has to be there. And when you are body, mind and spirit connected, if you feel better, you just, you feel better. It just, yeah. So yeah. anyways, it is, it's, this is, um, this is medicine for a lot of a sup, a supplement. I think of like as a supplement. Think of it as a, but we take supplements for medicine. I yeah, take okay. a lot of supplements that keep me well with MS. Yes. I mean, so that's, that's we fi- it, yeah. right. We figured it out in regards to, you know, working with a naturopath of what I need. And, you know, and I think cannabis is something that I need that helps me, yeah. you know, like do I need like it? A- Right. Well, I don't need it all the time, but it's just, it's like I'm taught. I say like, you know, like any kind of cognitive behavioral therapy. Like I, I play tennis, I write, I am faithful and I use a little cannabis sprinkled on top and it makes it all a little bit better. <laughs> I know? like that. That's a good description. It's, it's a supplement. So it doesn't solve every problem, but it, it's something that helps you when you need a little supplemental and it's, it shouldn't be so scary and it shouldn't be treated like plutonium. It should just be something that's normalized and out there that we can use. Why do they think it got such a bad rap? Oh, because it was history. high. I mean, yeah. No. I mean, so, I mean, if you look at the history of our country, I mean, I think it's tied up literally to like the initial sin of our country of enslaving people. So in 1600s, when people came over here, they were required to grow hemp. Like that was a requirement. Like you wow. had to grow hemp. Yeah. It was just part of the industry because you can use hemp for everything. And then as this plant, you know, I'm sure they used it for other ways. And the people Talk to who you are, about hemp, how are people using it in the 1600s? What, I mean, I mean, so it's paper, it's clothing, it's, it's, it's a fiber that this is why I talk about how everything that is carbon now, plastics, Crete, you can make hempcrete, you can, anything, you can eat it, you can wear it. There's like hemp seeds that are actually nutritious for like, right, you know, right. like protein. So it's just really this, um, and it takes toxins out of the ground, which is sort of benefit and detriment because you like Chernobyl, when the, the toxic ground. They actually use hemp plants to take out of the ground to take some wow. of the out. That could be used across the country in different ways, which is why you sort of, again, have to be careful where you're getting your CBD products. Because if it is coming from hemp that is not grown in good soil, those products aren't good. Those aren't, they're not clean, which are probably some of the stuff that people are buying in the gas station, which you should never buy your CBD in a gas station. No. And it's called, yeah. understand everyone, there's something called white labs and they're clean labs. Um, even in vitamins and supplements, I get my supplements and vitamins from a thorn, from, um, from labs that are cleaner, metagenics. These are cleaner labs. And it's important to understand when we say white lab, that means it's super, super spotless. And that's important when you're working with medications and also when you're working with supplements, because you want to make sure that what goes in there is exactly what should be in there. Not sort of, not kind of. Um, And that's what Joyce is saying about, you know, gas stations, you know, on the, we all see a bazillion places on the streets that talk about, you know, cannabis and, and CBD, mostly CBD, but, you know, in regards to what we're talking about, it's that balance of THC and CBD that is used for, um, for pain and, and so forth. And that makes a difference, but you need to have enough wherewithal to either read about it, which people are doing, or have someone talk to you. And that's why I wanted Joyce to come on because here's an opportunity to know there's a website out there that Joyce Gerber has created and she's interviewing people. And 
as women, I want us to be able to tap into things that we may be hesitant about, but actually may be very useful. And as she said, you know, what if you were in, in the last stages of something and cannabis made such a difference that it improved how you felt? What if it extended how, how long you were here? Well, you know what? For some people, that's really important. And everyone should have a choice. I think that that's right, Joyce. I mm-hmm. think that that's yeah. the most important thing. Everyone should have a choice. If you want to try something and you find it helps you, then why we you know, making it a crime. I mean, you know, we're not, I don't know. Uh, anyway, so kind of coming back to like the whole hemp. So, you know, 1600s, you've been a lot required to grow hemp always through the area, blah, blah, blah. Then oil, paper, barons. There was a thing called a cannab- uh, cannabis tax act, which required people to have a stamp to grow this, which deterred people from actually growing it. And then we get to the seventies and we have uh, Nixon who put it on the controlled substance act which he shouldn't have been, but it was supposed to be there temporarily. They have a report called uh, the Schlesinger Report, which he went out to find right. out how bad it was. Oh, wow. They found, they found out it was not bad at all. And they stubbed that and they left it as a schedule one saying it has no medicinal <laughs> benefit and that if you use it, it's so dangerous that you need to go to general jail, more dangerous than heroin or ketamine. Or really? Or, I mean, yeah. hello. Anyway, so it's, it's a race. It kind of goes back to our history of our country. So when we talk about social equity in this space. And we talked about getting people like freeing the last prisoner. We talk about all these things. It is because cannabis policy has been used as a weapon against very marginalized people for a very long time. And we've, we've bought into this narrative that it, it was required because it was so dangerous. And, and that's just not true. So to switch the narrative and say, these people need to be out of jail, first of all, no one should be going to jail for people, you know, men, white men are making money off of this. And then we still are incarcerating people across this country. And it, and it is a lie that it is as dangerous as all these other things. And it's a narrative that we were sold and we should be rebelling against it. I mean, truly. So even like rescheduling it to schedule three, I'm against, I think it needs to be descheduled, but that's another discussion. And because really the only people who are going to benefit from a schedule three are pharmaceutical companies at this point, because they will be the ones. I would like them not, I would really like them not to benefit from this. I think they've benefited enough from enough stuff. Right. And, 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 and businesses, because, because cannabis is legal federally businesses can't deduct normal business expenses like a normal business. So it makes it very hard to be in it. Plus it's very highly taxed. And it's basically, there's like a lot of extortion because all these towns and communities are like asking for all these other fees because of all the terrible, horrible things that are going to happen when the cannabis comes in, which it never does. So, you know, and, and the cannabis companies are trying to be really good neighbors because they want to prove that we're nice. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow. So, so we're trying, we're trying. And again, the women I talked to across the country are really trying to create these businesses like support small businesses. This is, could be a small business thing, America. Like we used to like to make money, Jam. That was our thing. We could do this. Women businesses, The Healing Rose. It's owned by a young couple out here in Massachusetts. Beautiful products, really local. Everything's like local because all these things have to be local. Element okay. Apothic is owned by a woman who's out in Colorado, but she's got connections to Maui. And okay. per, um, a percentage of all the proceeds of her products are going back to help people she knows there after the um, fires, devastating fires out there. She has oh, these, wow. pa- okay. these patches. Yeah, it's a, she's a space serum. It's orange. It is. It kind of turns your skin a little orange, but it's like makes you glow. I don't know what's in it. It's beautiful. So again, smaller companies who are doing really good work with this plant medicine to enhance our lives. And uh, if you support them, they'll exist. And, you know, your actions have impact. I think that's the message. So if you want to be in this industry, if you want to talk about it, if you want to like help yourself, you know, look for these products that are 
supported by smaller industries, whatever state you're in, because right now we think it's very state specific, you know, and really it's pretty easy to figure out who's actually growing your hemp at this point. So go out there and figure it out and you'll, you'll feel better and you'll be giving and it'll be your own idea and you'll really own it if it's your idea. I love that. Yeah. I love that. So would you do me a favor as we come to a close, um, repeat your website. Um, okay. We are the Canna mom show we are a website we are on instagram we are on facebook we are on youtube this year um <laughs> yeah uh, we are not a live podcast uh but we do release a new show every thursday so this week we are actually talking to a woman named Nuf- nicole buffong who has an amazing story of healing um she's out it she was in georgia now she's in vegas she has hiv positive she had a very traumatic experience with her father and her sister and led into like sort of a spiral of drug issues and then she got sick and she kind of had this epiphany moment and now she's very invested in plant medicine for healing mm. and is and is doing a lot of advocacy work with an organization called um uh, medical minorities for medical marijuana love it and um she's just got a very and she's connected with Roz mccarthy like a bunch of really strong women who are out there doing this work again who are healed okay and they're trying to heal others they're literally a lot of these women they become the people they needed which is so inspiring you know it is it's really inspiring and that's why i wanted you here because i i want people to to hear the positives of things like using medical cannabis and using cannabis and learning about hemp and understanding, you know, there's always been social disparity since we brought people from, you know, Africa, North Africa, South Africa, you know, it's still crazy. And we need to stand up and own it for everyone, but especially for women, because we're a minority and we need to make sure that we're out there making sure that we're connected so that we can push things forward. So mm-hmm. that's how I felt about what you were doing. I think it's a good switch from law. You can, you can talk to the policymakers. So thank you. Well, I, that, that is sort of like how I, when I first started talking about this, I'm like, I don't scare people. Like I walk in and my little pumps and my like pearls and... <laughs> I don't have any tattoos. My hair is going gray. You know, I don't look very threatening and I can talk about this in an intelligent manner. And I do have the law degree, which gives me a seat at the table. And I don't know. I just, I represent a lot of people. I represent a lot of women who are just like me, who just really didn't know about this plant. And I'm trying to do more events out here in Massachusetts, bringing, I think, you know, Avon type parties. So I'm trying to bring women into dispensaries because once you're in the dispensary and you can talk to the product makers and then you can buy it right there. I mean, you can't bring, you can't do this. You really can't do an Avon party yet, but going into dispensaries and doing it this way is really a good way because these are expensive products. I mean, there's no way around it. And if you buy something that doesn't work, you feel yep. really kind of ripped off and upset about it and you don't want to go back. So you want to kind of be feel comfortable what you're buying. And even if it isn't perfect the first time, you know, you are able to say, okay, this is what I liked about it. And this is what I did it. And there's so much stuff out there now. You'll find something that works for you. I promise. Absolutely. I agree with you. It's like going on a wine tour. You have to find yeah. out which wineries work yeah. for you that you enjoy their wine the best. So and look at it fun. that way. It's, it's fun. fun to shop. It's fun to right? shop. Whatever. It's I, fun I, to shop. I'll, I'll, so there's a lot of new dispensaries out here in Massachusetts every week, like seems like a new one. So I've been trying to do reels. If you go to my Instagram feed, I've been bringing my friends who don't necessarily like know what I'm doing or understand it into a new dispensary. Like I play tennis with this woman who's like, she's turning 90 next month. Crazy. And uh, she came with me to the dispensary and I took a video of her and it was just fun to walk around with her and, you know, bringing people in and I love it. It's again, you've been in them. So it is a little intimidating, but if you can go with your friend, if you can no, have a go with experience. a friend, absolutely yeah. go with a friend or somebody who knows about it, who may not have been in the dispensary, but um, yeah. knows about it or is, you know, used it. 
um, I think it's important. And I think that we have the opportunity to to make a difference with people on how they manage their own health and, yep, and well-being. I this really part, do. This is personalized medicine. We talk about this a lot. This is very personalized medicine and you can help figure it out on your own. You know, we don't have to just keep being handed pills. It just, you can help do this yourself. I, I know you can. So yeah, that's part of it. Well, I'm so glad that I had you on and Thanks hopefully we'll me. revisit. We'll revisit because you have a lot of information that would help a lot of people. And I think that that's really important. So thank you, Joyce. And everybody thank tune you. in Thursdays. You know where she is. She's on Instagram, Can a Mom Show. And you, can, so you, can sign up, you, you can sign up for my newsletter on my um, on my uh, website. And we just did this great giveaway with a company called My Bud Vase. Cool. So I'm going to be doing more giveaways with women-owned companies that are making really unique products. And um, I don't know, it's fun. And, you know, it's holiday season. You can buy gifts for pe- your favorite stoner. It's we have a lot of fun. We it. have fun on the show. And I talk about random stuff, too. So just listen. Well, thank you so much. A pleasure to have you. 